Okay, wait, I've always wanted to do this. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells on the seashell shore. The seashells she sells are seashore shells of that, I'm sure. Holy fuck. What white man came up with that? Or that's a white woman thing. That's how you spread COVID. (laughs) (laughs) You know, growing up as a Hollywood kid, first acting class, you have to know how to say your S's. And they'd just be a a bunch of kids with their cooties like, (laughs) 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 who couldn't really get it because we all wanted to be someone. Of course. Yeah, we still want to be something somewhere. Currently, we are sitting in a Hollywood building. I feel like a, what's it, like a cult-like building or something? It used to be a theosophical commune temple. Someone got sacrificed here. (laughs) But we're kind of like in bed, like, you know, like uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono right now. Oh my god, we are John Lennon and Yoko Ono. When I saw them in bed in that documentary, I was like, that's my life. There's a new doc um, that's out on uh, Disney+. Plus. Not that I'm trying to shout out to the conglomerate, but it's on the Beatles and like their last album before they broke up. And Yoko is in there looking at these white boys and is like, my man is better. Like, she's giving looks. She's giving mad looks. She really had his back. That's I'm a- in the room while he's making this music. I didn't like their energy towards her. In the fr- they- it was hard to watch. Oh, their, their energy towards her is awful, but like, John Lennon was a bad boy he was like i'm gonna do whatever i want to do and Mm -hmm. they were all like you have to be a part of the bond bond you know anyways john lennon was actually tight everyone needs a yoko you're my yoko oh thank you yeah and actually while we're at it your name's not yoko so we should we should introduce her (laughs) my mom's name is yoko oh yeah i'm baby yoko yeah (laughs) yeah hi i am amelian Kishiro Hamilton. How do I, do I say everything? Yeah, say what your pronouns are and like, let's be politically correct, but also like unpolitically correct. Say what's real. Okay, my pronouns are she, her, they, them. Sometimes I'm kind of in between getting rid of she, her. I've been thinking a lot about being they, them, but I'm processing that. I'm a multi-hyphenate, imposter syndrome survivor, creative artist, painter, uh, founder of Sisters with Invoices. I feel like kind of nervous. (laughs) Don't be nervous. You're like a little bit of everything. I'm a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. Capricorn. Don't forget about that. Cancer moon, so I'm really emotional. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you're like emotionally fixing things and pursuing things <laughs> always. <laughs> DJ and, in my feelings. DJ always in my feelings. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that's why this conversation is so prevalent because I've been in this space of trying to really define myself through an immense space of freedom to be whoever I want to be. But I feel like that space feels so vast and wide and exciting and grand that it's kind of overwhelming. Well, okay, we're going to get to that. Anyways, I, I feel like I'm with you on that. Introduce yourself. Which... My name is Simisav Save Sabaso. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and when you translate it into juice daddy <laughs> juice daddy <laughs> is that Swahili for juice daddy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that there's probably a better name for myself I just think like my name's Justice so it's it's up there already you know I'm Justice Maya Singleton that's my full government name I also go by Pastor Juice Juice Daddy um you know mm-hmm. I'm still coming up with all the nicknames Justice Served the real poetic justice i'm a writer and comedian and hopefully i'll be doing things like directing and more drag shows 
Mm-hmm. Basically, I just want to be a multifaceted human being. I like kayaking and out- going outdoors. And to go back to what you said, there's this box that we're all supposed to be fitting in and filling out. And then the pandemic has made me like, break out of the box and go, I don't want to just be a screenwriter. And I, I just want to be a full on breath of a person, mm-hmm. you know? So then you have to like get over this idea that, oh, well, you, you have to break all expectations of what people are looking for you to be and be what you need to be. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been trying to do. So yeah, today's the mm-hmm. topic was imposter syndrome, which I don't know. Well, first, can we talk about this? How did we meet? We met through tyranny when you were at LMU, right? Yeah. Did, did we meet at the back house? We met in a in a in a house full of no offense, but at the time it was a house full of like queer people. It was the first queer house I've ever been to. It was nothing but lesbians and que- and queer people. And I thought tyranny was like shout out to tyranny. I thought tyranny was a lesbian for a long time and honorary, so you know. That's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always imagined that like Tierney would be the Barbie doll lesbian of the bunch. I don't know if it makes any sense to me. College is where you like meet people that like, oh, they're gonna be in my life forever. But it's usually the people who don't go to your school you actually still talk to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Which was me. I was a campus crasher. I was I was just friends with Tierney and Nico, and they were. S- how much younger? Uh, a bit. A, a bit, bit. A yeah. bit. But yeah. I, I loved what was going on in their lives. And actually, there was just so many different age ranges and types of people that were yeah. just kicking it. I was just excited time. to be invited somewhere. I had one friend in high school, legitimately, like maybe maybe two, but really just one. And so when I got to college and there were a group of people, I was just, I'm just excited to be invited. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're, they're talking to me. I was such a nerd. Um, uh, Everyone's calling you auntie. Which, I've, I've been auntie in the streets for a long time. Yeah. And I was like, auntie, like, <laughs> I was like, how old is this person? <laughs> um, but then like, then I like see your hair and your hats. And then fast forward, I think the next time I saw you, I'm sure we saw each other out and about. Yeah. But the next legitimate time we started seeing each other was when you were doing, I think, more karaoke stuff. Yeah. We yeah. definitely were bonding during karaoke. You were, yeah. yeah, at Boardwalk. Yeah. I would see you. Yeah, we would kick it then. And then I feel like we really started hanging out more with sisters. Yeah. Like, so basically, long story, but not to be too short, a million was throwing these karaoke events. I mean, you got, like, at least 15 people to go in the middle of the week to a karaoke bar in Culver City, which, I'm gonna be honest, ain't nobody really doing that unless they, like, like the person or the vibe. <laughs> no, it's not even Culver City, it's Cheviot Hills. What? <laughs> so, what is that The specifics even? of that. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, who be over there? It's, like... It's this part of LA, I call it the armpit Yeah. because you're just off of 10, off of National, if yeah. you know LA. Yeah. And it's this strange little, this where Boardwalk 11 is, it's yeah. it's literally an armpit. I wouldn't even go there for a booty call, let alone do it. Like, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm gonna go do karaoke there. It was, right. it was a weird, but it was so cool because you got so many black, brown, and queer people together and like popped off in the middle of the week. We were just like, and <laughs> it was, off. it was the time where y'all, we weren't wearing masks. We were in each other's faces singing. Sharing joints. Sharing joy. Smoking in joy and joints. Yeah. We were having a good time. I only made out with someone I can't remember there. And I was so excited about it. I, w- I was driving home and I was like, I love these events. <laughs> 
it's a Tuesday or Thursday night and I did it. Uh, and then I, of course, you know, with Sisters with Invoices, this is just a whole level, another level of like community, you know? The reason why we're doing this podcast, we want to like have our Sisters with Invoices community. We mm-hmm. actually don't want to give you a choice. Like, listen to us. <laughs> like, we're the, we're the panel conversation. <laughs> I like this idea of us creating this content. We're still having the meetings. Yeah. We're still having the conversation. The meetings will happen again. Yeah. But these past two years, we've been going through a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've you've been... It's, it's, <laughs> look, we've been trying to survive. Yo. <laughs> it's been crazy. I, I was just talking about this because, like, people have fallen out. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are reconnecting and sometimes they're connecting to themselves, sometimes it's to others. Like we created a solid friendship through the pandemic. And mm-hmm. it's not like trauma bonding, which is mm-hmm. even also cool. <laughs> it wasn't like we were like we experienced some same shit. And we did actually. We did before that. You know, if we talk about like the trauma from industry and mm-hmm. And how we, like, have kind of moved through career stuff. But in terms of, like, our actual friendship, like, I always go, oh, God, this pandemic, it did so much to me. And it made me a whole different person. But it also gave me, like, my best friend, you know, so. It did give me my best friend. My soulmate. My soulmate. Ride or thrive. Ride or thrive. Yeah, exactly. Ride or thrive. We got closer. Yeah, we did. I mean, it's possibly because, you know, not too many people would stay on the phone for two hours. No. Doing, like, we'll just, we sometimes we won't do be doing shit. We'll just be <laughs> spiraling, which is another term we will use in this podcast is, what did you spiral on this week? Oh, my God. We have so many spirals. Yeah, exactly. We spiral all the time. I feel like that's why, like, even, what if we live together? Oh, it'd be what, awful. What if we were neighbors? I, I thought about this. All, I think about this sometimes. If we lived together, it would be awful. And here's my reasoning. You would go and you would literally see me. We would just be seeing each other in her space and you would be doing so much. Like, here's my imposter syndrome. I want to be like a million, but I absolutely don't think I could. Like, you're just actively pursuing. So, like, I would be naked in one place all day and you would just be like anime and cleaning up everything. You're straining it out. You'd be like, oh, I came up with three DJ DJ mixes today. What did you do? And I'd be like, I sat in one place and I smoked a joint and snuggled my dog. You're so full of it because you do so much. Yeah, but your productivity and the way you live is so fucking wondrous that like, that's my imposter syndrome. I'm just like, if if I live so close to it, I just, I don't know how I'd feel. You inspire me, but when it's too close, I do get intimidated. I do. That's some real shit. Do you ever have friends that are like, man, like, it's not jealousy. They're just, they're doing their shit and you're like, okay, I gotta. <laughs> but it's not, I, it's not what it's cracked up to be. I'm not, this is the thing. This is where the imposter syndrome comes in. Because I see you and I feel like you have all these skills. You're really organized. You know how to plan. You're an excellent producer. You're an excellent director. Like, you live as a director. You're adulting. Look, I'm adulting. You know, like, how men are like, yeah, I can do everything. And then you see a woman do it and you're like, oh, but I, like... It's not that all men can't do the things. Let's be honest. Like, the world is really fucked up because a lot of queer people and feminine people aren't in power, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the times you see events thrown in LA or concerts, even the way movies are done, and they're all by these masculine characters who aren't doing it right. 
Mm. And it's not like these people aren't also trying. Like, sometimes they do nothing, and sometimes they try so fucking hard and still fail. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the type of person who really does try, but I certainly think in certain lanes, I'm like, yeah, no. Like, the way, like, a million was like, I'm gonna set up this whole entire podcast area was like, just sit your ass down and, like, let it happen. <laughs> And if we were in this particular space, I think about this all the time, like, I think a million is my future CEO and any any company of anything because of how much they're able to, they're not just the capability of doing things, but also like the thought process. I'm good to not have it. I'm a multifaceted entertainer of a person. I'm, I'm not, I'm not philosophizing. Like when I think about things, I, it's simple. I have too many feelings, you know, that are blocking the thought anyways, you know? you're so good about your feelings and you put them on paper and you write a lot oh thanks we just and we're basically taking the next pot this podcast to just talk each other up well i think it's important <laughs> to do that because the, the way you see me is the way that i um, i feel like in this conversation and even with sisters and our friendship how do you how do you explain it like the way we mesh kind of like oil and vinegar but it's really good with bread yeah it's like you need both like this mix that fills in different holes you're like the pepper to my salt salt yeah yeah we're both very different but we're both very similar in that cancer capricornness too yeah but to me majority of the battle that i think the lesson in financial trauma and finances is this idea of your bank account matching the way that people see you oh like like oh i'm i'm so capable not to toot my own home but i know that i'm multi-talented in different things i have a mind that can put stuff together yeah i know in the future it will but i have to continually talk to myself because there's this other part of myself that fear colonialism and all these things that you see rewarded yeah there's a yeah, reward to yeah. it but then it's like oh like i'm on i'm on food stamps <laughs> you yeah, know what i mean yeah. I'm, I'm overcoming this i'm working on this right now in this moment that's why being in bed with you and having this conversation is so cathartic and amazing how do i define myself how do i put myself out there and ask and receive what yeah. i'm and, and if i haven't i have to develop that and put that out there i'm not really complaining about my financial situation like i did wardrobe styling for 13 years and i feel like most of that was because people saw something in the way I presented myself and then they were like you should do that yeah but then the other stuff I was oh my god expectation right yeah then I was like there's all these other parts of me that had nothing to do with that world Mm -hmm. that I put away for a long time yeah that oh wait a minute I'm more than that Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to figure out how I go from doing one thing for money how do I put myself in the world my services and I've talked to people about this and doing research and stuff and so I think it's like that part of capitalism and that part of self-realization or or actualization which is why i feel like you have this thing where you go get it you know what i mean i'm gonna cut in because i feel like this is where i'm mirroring you is i moved out of los angeles as a writer i'm just gonna speak as a writer Mm -hmm. where like everyone's you have to be in this particular space to be a writer prior to my living in la like i mean i'm yes i'm the child of you know one of the african-american directors ability to see me was like the ability to see like oh this person is gonna have it they're gonna have it you know but like prior to 2019 i find it really i have like these moments of like oh like i mean we're also living in a world where like nepotism is like a thing unless Mm -hmm. you're black my expectation was like oh you're gonna follow your dad's footsteps you don't need a job to do it so we're like it was really like my way of getting a job was like either by someone who wanted to work for my dad or by Mm -hmm. affiliated people with him or projects but like the black cinema world is very small yeah 
I could have the degree and the resume of working on shows and still apply to a white film and directors or a program and still not get in. Like, and there's a certain level of like, oh, so then how did you, you get by? And you're right. People see you and they go, oh, we know you're going to be great. You know, I know you're going to be great. I see something in you. People are talking about this idea of what they saw in me. I think a lot of that scared the fuck out of me. And then also I didn't want to be whatever people saw, including like Mm -hmm. my own parents. I'm like, I don't want to be, what do y'all, y'all, y'all see something in me, but I don't see the vision. So I had to literally leave LA to create the vision and then do what Mm -hmm. you're saying which is like you know start asking praying to god like hey this is what i want this is what i'm working towards la is all about like the networking i also don't feel like anyone could give me what i can't create for myself Uh you know with the exception of you and a few other people really close in my life i just need support yeah and then i just need to pursue it focus you know Uh i'm glad that we both had the pandemic the pandemic was like listen boo boo we gonna put you in your room you gonna be all by yourself and you gonna have to think about what you would do if you don't have other bullshit in your way of you that's really what everyone broke down on their imposter syndrome because we were all we were all striving to be something that our parents had created for us or like our bosses or jobs i feel like it was like a like girl interruption the movie like Mm -hmm. the first the first months of the pandemic were like I'm insane! I don't know. Like, just broke down. Everyone had a breakdown. Yeah, everybody had a breakdown. Yeah. I mean, we're still having breakdowns. Hopefully people have had their breakdowns and are building up. Because I feel like a lot of people really didn't stop. That's Mm -hmm. scary, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't figure anything out or reflect. They were just like, all right, (laughs) you know? Yeah. There's definitely been a divide. But also, I also think the whole thing was such a fast spinning wheel. This whole existence we were living before the pandemic, everyone's kind of on it or off it in their own way. It's interesting to see the other side. I don't want to say there's even another side. There's this new variant from France that's making rounds. It's going to take black people maybe another five minutes before they have a name for it. <laughs> it's, like, it's something like ICU or something weird. Oh, um, they're going like to call it the I- INDPND. The IUD. <laughs> I also just want to like kind of go into this thing. So basically the reason why we're doing this podcast and you know, everyone's doing podcasts and it's okay. We're not everyone. We're, we're all individual humans. We all have our thoughts. I have a podcast that's simply just about murder. And then I have another one that's just about people healing from listening to murder. Literally, there's a murder podcast for people who listen to too much murder. What's wrong with y'all? Well, <laughs> really well it's real because like I listen to fucking democracy now and I'm like, I need a podcast that's just good news do you know what adonis has a friend who calls democracy now tears for breakfast oh my god <laughs> it's so tears for breakfast it's sad toast i mean i don't know i just have a lot of empathy and compassion for people who are suffering under the pandemic right now it's really crazy but i also feel like in whatever way we can find laughter and it's so important because it's this is never ending <laughs> Well, yeah, well, it's to, not going to get into that, like, our podcast, <laughs> our podcast is really just us thinking. We've had so many conversations, you know, yeah. via phone. And even when we were doing our Zoom meetings uh, early in the pandemic, and we kind of were like, you know what? 
if you know Lisa and Karen can have a podcast about being moms and taking their kids to you know school then why can't you know two bitches like us and I I'm trans he him but I still think of myself as a bitch sometimes so when I think about niggas like be bitches oh niggas be bitches I'm a bitch ass nigga bitch ass. I'm a good dude but I'm a bitch ass nigga a lot of time I be acting like I be hiding I be <laughs> I be hiding. So I be thinking like like just the archiving of conversation. You know, let's define what imposter syndrome it really is and like actually break down. Because for me, my biggest issue with this word is it's usually directed towards femmes. So what are niggas? Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting because the original definition of imposter syndrome was actually for white women involved in industry. Right? Yeah. Like the term wasn't even for us yeah. to even. No. <laughs> it's not, wasn't for black, femmes or brown people or anything it was for white women I could read it the term imposter syndrome is used to designate an internal experience of intellectual phoniness that appears to be prevalent and intense among a select sample of high achieving women certain early family dynamics and later interjection of societal sex role stereotyping appear to contribute significantly to the development of the imposter phenomenon and despite outstanding academic and professional accomplishments women who experience the imposter phenomenon persist in believing that they are really not bright and have fooled anyone who thinks otherwise and this is from psychnet what's that woman elizabeth theranos yeah yeah they you mean thanos thanos trying uh, to get all the rings that that story is really wild yeah and the amount of money that she scammed this is just the whole thing is really crazy she she knew how to be an imposter <laughs> She was an imposter. She was an imposter. But then she was also this person who really believed in almost in a space of delusion. She definitely believed. Yeah, like, you, you have to believe. She believed, but she didn't really have it. I'm not to be like racist, but I'm going to put it out there. I can't name any white women I've met that don't actually pose as something and fully believe it. Like there's a lot of white women who go like, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm the best yoga teacher. And, and then you realize like they only had a year of yoga. And, you know what I mean? There's There are a lot of white cis women women who are like oh, i have imposter syndrome but they're really just a poser yeah fake ass <laughs> that's one of the bigger parts of this podcast especially with our conversations and i think our just dedication redefining, redefining yeah. and taking language and reshaping and empowering ourselves in changing the way that we talk and exploring these subject matters because essentially one of the biggest things i think especially in media creation and in the industry is if you don't believe you are going to completely become a victim to some sort of exploitation in the industry. And even if you do believe in yourself and you have a sense of resonation with yourself spiritually in your identity and who you are as a creative and something does happen, you can shake it off way better. You can carry on and do what you need to do as a creative because when you're freelancing and you're pursuing all the things, which I think that is one of the most amazing parts of Sisters was to see the community of our beloved friends who are so talented in so many different ways, you know? and so gifted and spiritual and so many healers and people who were creators and designers and artists and directors and producers and musicians like people have so many different gifts but you have all these things and as a person of color and it's hard to feel seen this is my main reason on why i don't like this word is because who put a expectation on low and high achievement yeah that's like, the system like it's just trying to be perfect it's trying to fit in the system i'm a writer and i'm trying to fucking 
something, trying to make something and make it. And there's no definition. Honestly, people, you know, in the beginning of time were just doing the art and doing the work and we didn't have a capitalistic mindset of it. And suddenly, because we have so much anxiety on reaching high achievement, we feel less of worth, fraud, not able to get there. I think there's something that needs to be canceled in that because the world is falling apart. Even the people in the highest office can't do their damn job. <laughs> I swear to God, Kamala was slurring in that interview with um, Charlemagne. I swear to God, I think she had a bottle of white before she got Yo, on you, with Yo, you can't tell me she's not drinking a bottle but of white she's always, every morning. She was drinking, remember that? We did it, Joe. Oh. She had a, bo- a glass of wine in her hand. I think she's a no judgment. Hey, but. she's a real life scandal. I think low-key, if we just think about it, the higher you are in power, it's possibly the more you are in fraud and the more so you're you're just so disconnected from people. They're not real human. Kind of like Michelle Obama being like, oh, I suffered from imposter syndrome. And then also she saying that? like, yeah, she said that. I need to she find said that. that in her book. You know, black fans don't come after me. She has done a lot on her own as a woman, but she's most well known as what? Obama's wife. It's so hard to, to rock the boat of being a wife and then being your own person yeah. that you almost have to put on a front. She's saying like, I still have imposter syndrome. I'm like, you don't feel enough. But like as a, as a black woman, like you're already positioned like that. You have to now be the perfect wife. to so a black mm-hmm. man who also is not at all perfect, but you know, I, I think there's something about it in terms of like the more higher you are, the more burden you're carrying for something or someone else or in a system, the more you're feeling like a fake, you know, or like I'm not real. You're not real. Mm-hmm. That's what a, imposter syndrome should be like. Am I real enough for this world? And then everyone being like, well, the world is fake. And there's no such thing, you know? Yeah, I like what you had to say about that, about the world being fake. There's this Sun Ra song that I always think about, and it's called Somebody Else's World. We are living in somebody else's world. It's not our idea or design. Yeah. And so when I'm looking at this APA definition of imposter syndrome, and even just the way that these words are positioned together, imposter syndrome, the DSM, and this idea of categorization, that whiteness and colonialism in Western medicine, right? Where the application and internalization of it, it makes it something that has to do with person's inferiority complex. But then when I read it and I think about all the times that I've felt it, could it be said that the presence of the other, quote unquote, in higher achieving spaces and positions and positions of power, is it the energy that these people are feeling from the environment around them that's making them feel Mm-hmm. This way is yeah. it the reje- oh, it's, it's the rejection and the energy and the nefarious Absolutely. the nefariousness of the environment of the setting yeah and the people who have been the web of that and fortified the settings that we are now infiltrating yeah starting with white women coming into positions of power feeling like interjection and all this and like that's a bunch of projection of um, men of, of men yeah and people in these spaces of power quote unquote that don't want that energy yeah. in in these spaces they don't want us in these spaces and they don't want to learn or listen to someone that doesn't look like them. Yeah. That's why people are so happy to give Elizabeth Theranos billions and millions of dollars because people like that want to give money and power to people that mirror their what they believe is superiority. Fuck imposter syndrome. Well, we're going to cancel it in this one. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, fools should be canceled. Imposter syndrome. Right. Well, well, there's multiple things that yeah, fuck imposter syndrome. But then also, let, let's talk about how do you cancel, replace the mindset with something more beautiful? And I'm gonna go on a little pastor binge real quick and spiral and just say that the truest version of ourselves was given to us at birth. As we grow into this world, the economics and the influence of the people in our lives, we kind of have to remember. You, we've said this. Reduce, reduce the We're level. Grooving. Yeah, reduce the level of perfection that you already have in your day to day life. And I think a good example, not like the best example, since this pandemic, someone has told me, well, if you're not pushing out like two scripts a year, you're not doing anything, or you're not you're not a writer until you've written on a show. I have literally thought of every single thing I could be doing to quote unquote make it, and I've removed any of those things as expectations for myself and my art. But then on top of that. Mm-hmm. If I'm being like a neurotic person about anything, like my house, if I've done the dishes for two hours on one day, I give myself a day that goes, you can't do the dishes on this day. You're going to leave the dishes in the sink for this one day so then you're not allowed to be in the kitchen just cleaning. Well, I'm not going to talk about my mom on this, but you weren't allowed to leave dishes growing up. Well, I, I was in service. You're like in service. I'm so used all to being children service. All children are slaves. Yeah, all it's, children are slaves. That's the that's reason what, why I want children. <laughs> No, that's why you want them. I mean, I you, like who's going to take care of me? You? Yeah. We taking care of each other when we're 60? Is this a promise? Yeah, you'll be, you'll, well, yeah, you'll be fine. I mean, yes, children are slaves. I mean, I thought I could train my dog to, like, you know, pour me something to drink one day. I would love one of those, you know, like those Japanese dogs on TikToks that, like, know how to do shit oh, for gosh. you. There's a dog that knows that. how to turn on a fan, put a blanket over you. I mean, we're missing out. <laughs> But anyways, for me, it's like, do your day-to-day practice. If you feel like a fraud, you have to ask yourself, well, what are you comparing yourself to? We're all on the same level, you know? Like, we're all in the same place. One of the things that I was so inspired by is one of my favorite uh, writers, Michaela Cole. She took half a year and was, like, doing yoga and was trying to get their mindset. And everyone was like, we need this fucking season two. We need it. We need a season or two or three of chewing gum. She was like, I'm gonna wait. I don't need to do anything for anyone. As a writer, your only job is to tell a story. You can take as much time is you really need to process it and, and you can do it in pieces like no cards or like you know whatever so for me new imposter syndrome is not the expectation of being like my father like I don't want to be John Singleton mm-hmm. and I don't want to be in the expectation of following in footsteps it's just taking my time walking left right you know mm-hmm. because God already put whatever is supposed to be forward for me in the future I just have to follow the path and I have to work on myself while I'm doing it the outside expectation I also think it really matters about the community you're around. There's nothing wrong with propping you up, but have people who want to know what your dreams are for yourself and don't have intentions about who you are to them. Because, like, if people want you to be perfect for them or want you to be something, like, that's only going to further how you're feeling about yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not even a safe environment if you have to perform into perfection or you're not accepted or loved broken. Yeah. You have to be valued broken. Yeah. If you're not valued broken, then don't be around those types of people because you're not safe. Yeah. I really loved everything you said. I think one thing I would say differently is everyone's not at the same place. Everyone's at a different place. And I think that me realizing 
and coming to space with where I was at and being okay with it helped a lot of my healing space. Yeah. Especially if I'm about to be 38 years old in two weeks. Yeah. Woo-woo. Um, woo-woo. <laughs> <Blasian> don't raisin. <laughs> I have to take so much of the narratives of ageism and um, other spaces of like where I should have been. I used to have thoughts when I was 16 that I'll have a family and a kid by the time I'm 26. And I can get too pregnant. Okay, I'm not mad, honestly. <laughs> I'm, I might as well have your baby, honestly, if I was going to have anyone's yeah. baby because I have some friends who are talking about just having babies with each other and so having cool. an ag- arrangement. Because think about it, you guys, it's like a business partnership in a way. Oh, it is. I, I, Entirely. I Right? I'd rather... I mean, if you'll have it physically, I'm down. I Because you have a family. Like, I, I like your family. Thank you. I like yeah. your family, too. I just We're already planning shit here on the, on the first episode. <laughs> We're having family planning. Uh, also, I just, I am a little vain. I just would love a mommy tuck. Oh, I yeah. Think, I think I would like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm into dad bod. A little bit of overlap. Like, like I want to eat a meal <laughs> and then like rub my belly and it's like high up here, like Santa Claus, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I like, I like that those are your goals. I think that's so <laughs> achievable for you. I, I would love to help in any way support that. With, with the imposter syndrome and debunking it and saying fuck that shit a lot of that is about being okay with where you're at i think being okay with your process Mm -hmm. i think also taking ownership we live in a like culture and attention culture attention economy you know and the social media and the apps do not help anything at all no they're not even they, good for promo in your like lifestyle anymore i think they <laughs> are though i that what's her name victoria paris interview where she's she's like youtube is t- to show your intelligence Instagram oh yes is for yes your, is for your looks yeah and then tiktok is for your personality yeah. or something like that and i think that is so now i have to be on all of them okay this is what i think <laughs> is the is the move reel it in and then when you throw the hook, do it in a way that feels resonant. And I also feel like with social media for me, I noticed that it's like a gut feeling. It's like a sport. When I feel like I need to post something and I you feel just, it in my chest, you just do it. That's exactly you know? what, what I do. Yeah. And it always works. Yeah. The algorithm in tech is like a whole different spirit system. Yeah. And then I think we have our own internal spirit systems. And then we have to deal with the exterior world. Well, that's deep. I was also thinking, did you just make a fishing antidote for this? You said throw the hook. I have a whole thing about fishing in nature and how and it's, social media? it's and life and how actually all of these processes of fishing or hunting or boating or any of those things are so correlated to media because if you think about it even remember rick rick didn't rick say it it's like throwing a hook it's like fishing oh yo rick rubin shout out to okay real quick uncle rick i have a person that i want to put up on a a pedestal and i want to i have a person i want to cancel i want to raise rick rubin look i i've done my white man spiral on him and i look and he's a good dude (laughs) like i don't know what to say i'm waiting I don't know what's in that beard, but right now I'm thinking like he's mystic. He really is a wizard. I've watched more than 20 interviews with this person and I've never heard him say not one thing that changed my day and made me feel like, okay, I don't have to do anything. I just need to breathe and take it all in. And it's not just because it's not about the industry. What I really love is it was reducing quality. It's like quality to say I was a part of this big industry and when I saw where I was headed, I I took myself out and I had to create something that was just so anti. For him, it was like I don't I don't understand big profit of the music industry what I understand is the art making mm-hmm. and you know me I love the art making process what I don't like is the industry and that's always been like my trauma is like do I want to be a part of the making if that means capitalizing in such a toxic way 
you know you sent me that rick rubin interview and i'm pretty skeptical of of almost all white men just take the information from where you get it and it doesn't matter what the person looks like so i like to i do like to listen and i did enjoy listening to him and i did take a lot of things away that i I am grateful for for rick rubin for sharing but like one thing a person i do yeah um but I like what he said about being a reducer. That's one of the bigger things that helps with imposter syndrome is minimalizing and coming back down to Facts. the roots of things. Facts. Which is why I want to lead that into bell hooks. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in power. Ugh. Because her passing, it was just really devastating. But I really do think that when you read back into Belle's teachings and what she said, especially like the book Belonging, which I finally just finished. And it's one of those pieces of literature that I think you could spend a lot of time reading because you kind of can get stuck in each paragraph and each part of it because there's so much to take back about it and I think what I like about her application which I think is similar because they both are bodhisattvas and in a Buddhist state of understanding meditation and that process of peace which is why I think a lot of really great leaderships actually are part of the Buddhist tradition or have that Mm -hmm. space in them. It's really helped me with my imposter syndrome a lot too is realigning my my relationship to Buddha. One thing about Belle being a reductor or reducer, all of her teachings go back to core mm, like back to care yeah you know yeah back to our agrarian love. roots and love yeah and if you think about these base tenements of humanity community yeah going back to those simple core spaces are the are the spaces of of healing you know and care so i'll say bell forever bell hooks is bell not president. forever we were reading all about love i was just going yeah through, uni, like, oh, so i was black going through, club yeah i was going through the first breakup and shout out to you and I remember reading the book and going like, oh man, I was taught not, I mean, I was, I will, I am very much of a lover. I think I'm a pure lover, but I was t- realizing that I was being like, uh, less of a lover in myself mm-hmm. within a relationship and like how a lot of that book really began with me mm-hmm. and most of my life I'm thinking that love begins with taking care of your parent or your friend or your partner or like it's just it's so external if I'm being honest I think a lot of my imposter syndrome started with how I'm loving someone else mm-hmm. like not feeling good enough perfect enough having having so much anxiety about like how to like am I not me being lovable but am I a good enough lover going into bell hooks like bell hooks makes you feel so true and real when it's your vast uh truest version of love is so inner mm-hmm. and you have to hold and cherish it like a child mm-hmm. and then you can like slowly move from the in- internal out you know mm-hmm. you're right that process is reducing mm-hmm. we in the mindsets of bell hooks rick rubin and canceling <laughs> imposter syndrome i'm gonna call out who i think is a fraud thing. the real imposter yeah the real imposter <laughs> you can have a tea a hot tea story but when i was young i had experience with a person who was very beautiful and was a model mm. and was glamorous and all these black women like worshipped her as i grew up in pop culture i had nothing bad to say about this person until really recently i saw a tweet and then i saw tiktoks of the show america's next top model i don't have shit to do ain't no expectations about what i want to do on a tuesday or wednesday i'm gonna watch america's next top model on youtube i have to say i think tyra banks is a fraud and she's she's and i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this out of like not she's been a space of contention for a very long time yeah i'm I'm not trying to put down a black woman at all but here's my issue in terms of Tyra you have 
have this opportunity that you're putting all these women on screen and all you do is tear them down. Yeah. And like, and then like, oh my God, this drama ass queen, like fainting, the passing out, the tension. Does she watch horror movies and go, I know exactly how the third act of my show should be? Mm-hmm. Basically, right. I'm thinking about how black films feel imposter syndrome heavily based off of like other women, other, mm. you know, white women. And I think like, I think just women, women honestly, in general, women in general, women yeah. in general, or just other, yeah, no facts, femme. facts. I think there's a progressive culture that exists in watching shows where women do this kind of like bad girls up too. Oh yeah. You bad know, girls like, but Tyra was first, like Tyra's show was talks about women, what they look like. And of course, you know, the fashion industry is messed up anyways. Mm-hmm. The show was on for like 15 years. Yo, it raised, <clears throat> it raised a generation of women. That's scary to me. No, it's really frightening. It's frightening. And like, for me, like Tyra's just like, oh, I have a baby and I'm good. Like I need her to repent. I honestly wish they do one of those post shows where she gets some of those women and she just dramatically apologizes. But you know, Judge Jenkins or Maybelline is like, bitch, we don't accept your apology. And then we just watch Tyra cry. I would actually like, oh God, Judge Jenkins. I would love to produce or have roundups of people who were on that like, show. Who weren't like talk about their experience. Cause like a lot of these reality shows and a lot of the programming that we've been conditioned to see, and like a lot of it is, is extremely disturbing. Wendy Williams' show, these syndicates and channels perpetuate this type of media. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. it's never ending. Like yeah. even and like it... Entertainment Tonight, E News. I used to work at E. That place was so traumatizing. You know, it's just chaos. And it's, it's chaos and even RuPaul's Drag Race like I do have a love for RuPaul but that show is so problematic there's somebody who really breaks down Tyra Hadija Bowie Mabowi, really great YouTube channel I would totally suggest y'all subscribe Whoa. to Khadija Khadija does a breakdown about Tyra yeah. that I watched I remember watching Tyra Banks show when I came home from school and being like whoa when she wore the um, the fat suit oh my god <laughs> It was on one of the top 20 moments. Didn't see the episode, but that moment is embarrassing. That was crazy. Yeah. And her beauty or her pretty privilege well, and the color of her eyes and the space that she occupies being this conduit for this system and for the yeah. master. Plantation politics. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's playing this role of somebody who's causing a lot of harm and has caused a lot of harm in her media because there's this sense of delusion yeah. that she carries within. It's almost kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Well, like, think about the idea idea of supermodel. Tyra was like, I'm a supermodel, so everything I need to do is extra super great, super... Uh For me, like, I think about that, and I'm also gonna go back to it. As a little girl, when I met Tyra Banks, I thought, oh my god, here's this woman that I'm supposed to be when I'm older. That wasn't because I wanted to be Tyra Banks. That was literally because she was like, oh, you're skinny just and pretty just like me. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be like Lindsay Lohan in Life Model. And like, (laughs) you know, I'm thinking, oh, this is what you're supposed to be. I think we need new models, new supermodels, models who are like, I don't want you to have my body. I want you to love your body and be the body you need to be. And she's a part of that generation that probably had a panel of her own judges transferring and and being like, well, everyone tells me I'm perfect. So I just am. Yeah. And then now you have to tell everyone else that they're a poser and they're, you know, that they're not perfect. She's got some trauma shit going though. It was the panel, but then also the people who were like, where she would be like, you don't want to be here. (laughs) 
then they would be like, no, I'm not really into the modeling thing, all the fashion clothes, like, so why did you even come here? And they're like, well, I really like the experience of taking pictures and being on the camera, but that's not what the show is about. So if you don't want to be here, just go. (laughs) And also, we have to remember, this is reality TV. They set people up. Yeah, yeah. It's all scripted. Yeah, just that space of admonishment. This whole culture of American television is tainted because of this idea of the the panel. Mm -hmm. All these fucking panel shows. Mm -hmm. The voice in Idol, the Masked Singer, all panels. And also, too, it's just karaoke. That shit is just karaoke. It's just karaoke. It's literally just karaoke. And people love karaoke in this classist, elitist form. I also just hate the idea of bringing regular people into the big screen for somebody as powerful and as beautiful as Tyra to peonize. Yeah. And, and that's like all these weird sacrificial things that I see. Oh, okay. We should probably leave human sacrifice until another conversation because I feel like there's a lot of that. Not just in television. I need a whole topic on the fact that we, we're acting like that's not what's... We're in... We're literally... We've been here for a while, but especially with COVID. Absolutely. And oh. maybe we should talk about human sacrifice the next <laughs> one because I want to talk about prostitution. Oh, and, yeah. And, um, it's the same... Oh, fuck. We're going to go deep. Sorry, y'all. This going to be half entertainment and then half just spiraling into real shit. I'm sorry. But also not sorry because like most of y'all have entertainment. You can watch a streaming service after here and watch cartoons. But like right now, we need you to keep your eyes and your ears open and like hold your heart to your chest and be like, oh, I can't believe they said that. <laughs> They might be like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let us know in the comments. Anyways. But either way, I, I don't want to go, I don't mean it in the dark way, but when you put yourself out there, it is like a form of human sacrifice. Oh, facts. And I think that that's why when it comes to exploitation, it's the form of rape in that space. And I, yeah, I've been energy. exploited in yeah. that space yeah. where I was not aware that my photos and my images were going to be used in the way that they were when I was exploited. When you go on these shows, when you want to be famous, when you want to be on somebody's you know, whatever it may be, even like the reasons why somebody might ask you to work with them or be a represent their brand, right? Mm-hmm. All of this influencer culture and this idea of like selling a thing or promoting a thing and, and being the face of something and making money being the face. Like there's so many ways that capitalism has. Yeah crept into our lives where yeah. that has to do with our human being and ourself that we engage in whether it's even like I was a look I was I live in Hollywood and I live in the thick of Hollywood and I walked down the street I was having a day over by the stars mm. walked into pizza orgasmica and this man was giving me free pizza he was giving he gave me a cheesecake he was asking was it me it was I mean it was like a pre-packaged oreo cheesecake I want a cheesecake now that you say this. We'll I'm get, obviously we'll, got the munchies. We'll, we'll get a cheesecake. But he was he was giving me all this and asking me, to, and I, you know, and I put it on my Instagram stories because I was like, that's nice. This man just gave me some free pizza. I just walked in from here after a run yeah. and whatever. But it's like, yeah, he was like, can you write a review for me on Yelp? Can you write Can you write a review for me? And and you're just like, yeah, I'll hold myself for this pizza. I was like, I, I just hold for some pizza. Like, let me write this man a damn review. I'm starting to, I don't even want to spiral there. Well, anyways, but, to, to well, sort of conclusion it. Yeah, a conclusion is by Khad- Khadija Maboy is called Tyra- The Tyra Show Ego Masquerading as Empathy. Facts. And, and I also just want to say, like, support other people who are telling the truth, you know, 
this is our first real try of it. Just really want to talk about like inner truths. There's some fucked up shit, and like I'm honestly thinking we're in the era of like let's talk about it. Yeah. But at the same time, I think I think we do need to talk about both sides. I think there's a negative, and I truly do think it's a positive. I'm I'm a god person, so I'm just gonna keep saying it. Like the idea that they even had to create the word imposter syndrome means they didn't want people to know their true selves. Like yeah, that feels like a placeholder. Yeah. That doesn't then, and I think that that's a lot of what white Western medicine is. It's not really getting down to the grit of it. It's like Facts. take anxiety. You have anxiety, so live there. Facts. Take this. Take this pill. Facts. Take do this, and it's like it just keeps you there. We can expand and overcome that space. So I, I agree with you on that. I All agree. right. Well. Um. But we, yeah. Yeah. Shout out. You know, I pray for Tyra. I I think that pray for Tyra. I pray for pray for Tyra. I pray for people who are in those positions because honestly you know one thing I'll give Tyra is that it was really cool to see somebody that looked like Tyra I think though I would have probably rather not gotten to know her in that way in the way that I do but I don't know I feel like a lot of people don't even realize that they are allowing themselves to be utilized in a way yeah, I mean, the guy who created the Tyra Banks show also has one of the most successful shows on ABC, Blackish. Oh, Kenya Burris did it? Yeah, and he also has the show Mixish. And he also did Girlfriends, right? I don't think, I don't know. I don't think about it. Did that. he do, because I have some issues with- I'm not allowed to talk about anyone in the industry because- <laughs> Oh, no, we don't need to joking. talk about. I mean, like, shout out. <laughs> no, I talk about everyone, but I'm just, I'm just making a joke. Like, like I'm not allowed to talk. We didn't do girlfriends. Oh, oh well, tripping. yeah, not, not really. Oh, okay, not really. My bad. Um, Wait, am I wrong? I swear he did all the Tyra Banks show. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I thought that it I was. I swear. I thought it was the people who did um the Real World. Is you know it the what? Burnettes? Maybe I'm wrong. I swear I heard this before, but okay, it's fine. Just look up. Just click. Like, we should. We should be accurate. We're also. We need a researcher. Look at us. We're we're trying to be. Oh yeah, I was right. Oh, you're right. I'm right. Ken <laughs> Mock, Tyra, and shout Kim out Harris. to me being right. I just think too. Look at it's like two That's men, a lot of money two men made. creating um, a show that is based on dissecting women's bodies. Yeah. And so it's like, what do we expect? You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, what do we expect? And also, the expectations are low. Like these, they're not trying to do better. These men are not trying to do better. That's what I meant. Is like, there's a lot of masculine men who are just like. Like, oh, we have a great idea, but it doesn't need to do anything good. It just needs to but, do something. But the idea of better is of the other, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, Why true, would we true, even expect true. that there are all these things that, yeah, like, problematic, but we have a lot of opportunities to have the thing that is the thing, you know, to redesign these yeah. ideas. Entertainment's not going to go anywhere. Every time there's war, the entertainment industry booms Yeah, when we're in the height of yeah. needing distraction. Yeah, true. So we, there's a lot of money out there. There's a lot of room for us. There are a lot of stories that haven't been told. And I think that's one of the main takeaways here, especially with Sisters Within Voices and being committed to media literacy because it's really hard to be a creator. Yeah. It's really hard to put yourself out there. You don't even see yourself and then you're trying to create this thing that looks like you and like, yeah, we can get through this. And I, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. <laughs> well, now you have to say the, the typical things, which is uh, make sure to follow yeah. me and a million. Yeah, say, uh, your, say your gram or say. Yeah, my Instagram is 
duh da real poetic justice and i have a twitter it's rl poetic justice i actually want more twitter talk and dialogue because it's like my secret life and i actually don't want to be on instagram as much as twitter twitter there's a convo there's like people really talking there's some twitter drama Twitter's hot and juicy conversations with people i've never met who live in la and i'm they're gonna come to my wedding oh that's (laughs) you know like we need more twitter meetups but like not really because that's where the mystery is anyways what's your uh what's your handle yeah my handle's uh amelia and kashiro hamilton also follow sisters with invoices also follow subscribe on youtube uh follow us on twitter sis with invoices and then yeah eventually eventually i'm getting a twitch account so people can watch me play video games oh yeah tight follow sisters on twitch (laughs) Twitch. sisters with invoices anyways thank you for listening and yeah yeah thank you so much and until next time we will holler be safe be well be healthy be happy and be real be real peace